It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everyone. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 279 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how are you doing this week, my friend? Personally, I'm doing amazing. Um, you know, it was earlier this week. I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday when I was sitting on my couch watching television and just like a light bulb went right up above my head. And I was like, you know, I remember the day so vividly, just the memory just flooded into the brain when um, we were sitting with them. You and I decided to sit with them and they said to us, you'll never make it past episode 278. Like you can do 277. Maybe you can eke out 278. But they said you'll never do 279. And here we are today, you and I in our respective homes, thanks to the power of the internet, sharing this conversation with the world. Just doing Doing what they said it, just doing what they said they couldn't do. 279. Ron, it is an honor to have spent over. 279 hours staring into your eyes. Um, you know, you may put, you may be, be spectacled at the moment, but I can see those eyes and it's, um, it's quite special. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So you're doing good otherwise, my friend? Yeah, I think so. It's, um, right. it's Sunday. It's, uh, you know, the end of another weekend. Um, you know, uh, just errands were ran. Uh, food was eaten, beverages were drank, um, and now back to the uh, the work grind tomorrow morning. But this weekend, far from over. That's right, because we have to get through all of our regular segments, including Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Brian, what are you drinking this week? Listen, Ron, last week I shocked the world when I brought over a London-based beer that I had snuck in through American Customs. And I want to know, um, is it outrageous if I do it again? I would think so. I mean, that's very risque on your part. All the way from the UK, Brew Dog Planet Pale Ale. Oh, Jesus. I, just let I thought Brew Dog was based in the States. No, it's Scotland. Is it? Um, yes. Well, this one, this Brew Dog is coming all the way from Scotland. Um, Planet Pale Ale. It's an easy pale ale. See okay. what it says right there? United we stand for, but our boy. Planet right. Peaky Blinders. Like a Peaky Blinder. All right, so what are we looking at here, Ron? We are looking at Planet Pale Ale from Brew Dog Brewery in Elon Aberdeenshire, Scotland. And what is Planet Pale? Planet Pale is Brew Dog's new headliner range, 4.3% session strength pale ale. This quaffable that's how you know it's not american because an american company (laughs) would never use the word quaffable when describing their beer this creation laced with columbus chinook and citra hops for a sharp citrus aroma and piney notes that give way to mellow tropical fruits once again a 4.3 abv going into my belly right now this is my drink of the week all right take a sip let us know how that brew dog is how it's hitting you I was tickling your fancy, as the Scottish would say. There is definitely some citrus notes to it, but there's a sharpness that I was not expecting. Um, I'm digging this. I'm digging this beer. I will definitely um, come back for a second one later on the show if my lady brings it up to me later on today. Um, Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes, sir. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, so, Brian, I know sometimes you feel that I'm not extreme enough during this podcast 
But that changes this week, my friend, because I have brought to the podcast for my drink of the week, The Beast Unleashed from the good folks that brought you Monster Energy Drinks. Um, this is their Mean Green, which all someone would tell me is it tastes like green. Um, it is a, uh, a malt beverage, um, and it is 6% ABV. Um, I'm a little frightened of it. My coworkers were, were drinking these earlier in the week on a trip we were on, and I took one, and I was like, I didn't have a chance to drink it. I was like, let me, uh, let me bring uh, this to the podcast. And there it is. Um, if this was a urine sample, I think uh, the doctor would say you're a little dehydrated. Because uh, it does have that 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 deep urinish hue. Sure, sure. Let's, I'm expecting let's, it also to taste like urine. I, you know what? Let's find out real quick. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, Ron. Why on earth would this be your drink of the week? Well, sometimes you have to try something. Like you can't. You just you you don't want to just look at something and say, oh. And say Wait, I'm not going we, to. Didn't we try the uh, Zimas or, or what were they? Uh, um, White claws. Didn't we try White claws at one point? We did. We did. You know, I don't know why I thought this might be better, but hold on. No, no. Take another deep sip. Take it down because you are just like every other drink of the week. You are going to have to explain to oh, us I know. what is the what what is hitting your palate. What does it taste it's, like as it goes? So down? many things hitting my palate at the moment, and it's does I, it I taste can't... green. Does it taste green? There's, there's not a like. There's a sweetness there. Hold on. Oh, he's he's going in for a third sip, people. Like there's definitely like a like a sweetness, but it's like an, an artificial sugar sure. substitute sweetness. Sure. There is there's a burning, which I don't know if it's my soul leaving my body. Um, it's it really it's like a kid's juice box. Oh. Ron, do me now, a favor. Can you can you grab the can and read to me the ingredients? Like, what right. is it that you are putting into your body right now? So it says malt beverage with natural flavors, artificial color, and artificial sweetener. And I don't know if it gives any other information other than that. So wait a second. So if that's artificial color, so that's a color that they actually tried for. But it is yes. a choice of all different colors, and that's what they ended up on, which was slightly, which is like a, a slight case of kidney failure. So they they say we brewed up the smoothest tasting alcohol ever. That's a lie, um, and blended it with our tried and true flavors. Now again, I have never had a Monster Energy drink, so I don't know. Apparently, this is very similar to the green Monster Energy drink. I've never had a monster either. I have had a Red Bull. I know I tried a Red Bull and vodka once and just you you are going to have to drink the whole thing. You know. No, that. I know. And that, and and it's, and it's a problem because I feel like it's not going to get better as it gets closer to room temperature. So I feel like I'm going to have to force this down um while while it's still cold. But this is there's so many there's so many things going on in my mouth right now. Um and it's there's a lot of regret happening. There's uh, just a ton of regret, and I, I I don't know who to apologize to. Mostly, I apologize to myself. I and apologize also, you're, to you. I, mean, I uh, you know, I think you've you've um, you've lowered the standards of what we are willing to drink on this show. It's it's I'm I'm upset with myself. I I'm you oh, be. this might be one of the worst things I've ever drank. Do you remember what the worst thing you ever drank was? I don't know. I'd have to go back and think about it a little bit, but, uh, I but couldn't this tell you. Definitely, this would definitely be top three. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's let's try and plug through this. I kind of brought the brought the room down, a bit, but it's time for beef of the week. Ron and Brian's beef of the week. Uh, Brian, what's bothering you this week? It's hard to um, concentrate it into a few words here. Okay. Um, 
Part of it is um, suburban white privilege. Part of it is just people who are so not in touch with the pain that is going on through this world. Um, so many people are um, are suffering right now. Um, all you need to do is just grab a newspaper, open up your your laptop, and you know the stories on any major news um, uh, website or, or organization um, is just going to be on and on suffering, death, war, um, uh, murder, whatnot. Um, and, you know, there's so many people out there right now who are raising money for good causes. Um, you know, uh, the Red Cross right now is um, accepting donations for blood for all the um, people who are being just senselessly um, uh, uh, murdered in the streets, not just overseas, but also here in America. Um, you know, there are people who are falling below the poverty line in every major city in this country, um, there's, there are food kitchens and pantries that are collecting canned goods and other non-perishables so that people can eat. Um, I know that people are donating some of their own heating oil here in the Northeast for those who, who are struggling um, to afford heating oil for their homes, um, children going to bed cold, hungry, et cetera. Um, and you just sit there and say, wow. You know, there's there, there's so much good that people can do, and then you come across a story which just, just it's it's like the salmon going upstream, where you just see um, some 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 white privilege um, coming from suburban America, and it just slaps you in the face. Earlier today, I received an email from somebody that I would have I once considered a close friend. Um, letting me know that they had recently purchased a $400 Williams-Sonoma ice cube maker that was going to be installed in their um, in their their backyard whenever their home renovations were ended and had the nerve to sit there and say to me, if you'd like to send us some money to help going towards this $400 ice cube maker, um, here's my Venmo. And it really was just such a slap in the face for for humankind, um, I lost all respect for these people. Um, uh, I deleted, you know, their email. I blocked them on all forms of social media, and I will never speak to them again. And that that is my beef of the week, Ron. Well, I would think. Um, hopefully, you also said that you're not going to. Uh, you're not going to go to the to whatever the event was. Who said anything about an event? That sounded that way. You said it was an invitation, so. No, an invitation to donate money for an ice cream. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Anything else, or is that your only beef of the week? I could drag it out for a little bit longer, but what's the point? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Ron? Yes. What's bothering you? Um, So, Brian, you know what's really bothering me this week? What's bothering you? It is um, it is fall foliage tours, and this is why they bother me, Brian. And I'm going to tell you exactly why why that is is because you you take something which which God has given the planet, Brian. Uh, the fall seasons, foliage. the changing of the colors in nature, the leaves turning color, and it has become this this industry, this glorified industry, and you know the what people don't look at these, these, I don't know, these, these narrow minded uh, suburbanites, I mean, is all you can call them. They don't understand the, the environmental impact they have. I've seen people that have gone on, you know, drives to go take tours. They've gone on. I'm sure those are, those drives are on uh, electronic vehicles. No, they've, they've gone on buses uh, to go throughout the, the Northeast um, you know, just 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 spitting emissions in the air. Most egregiously, um, apparently, some people even go on boats um, to 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 sully the waterways while you know contributing to greenhouse gases. Um, you know, they're interrupting people's neighborhoods, people's uh, lives, um, just for 
I don't know, two hours of entertainment for themselves and their loved ones. Um, it's 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 sad that our, our planet is dying and you have this upper elitist 1% um, that just finds it okay um, to, to do like a, like a fall foliage boat tour. And it's, 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 a, it's a tough pill for the planet and ergo me uh, to swallow. Listen, I'm going to say this to you. Um, if, if you can point me in the direction of somebody that would, you know, um, spend two hours of their time um, participating in a fall foliage cruise, um, you point them out to me because I want to give them a piece of my mind. Well, I, you know, I hope uh, I don't want to shame people on the podcast. We don't do that. I just hope we can, you know, maybe speak to these individuals offline and maybe, you know, they can look at it as the teachable moment that it is. Teachable moment. Teachable moment. Teachable, teachable moment. moment. All right. Up next, Brian, we've got our stories of the week. The stories that we want to make sure we didn't miss out on that we brought to the table uh, for whatever reason. Brian, what is your story of the week this week? Uh, Ron, this my story of the week is something that, you know, is, um, you know, we were going to let our health correspondent um, handle this story, but I grabbed it. I snatched it from them and I said, no, I'm going to bring this to the top of the hour. I know you're looking at your watch saying, I'm not so sure this is considered the top of the hour, but we're just going to go from there. Um, Ron, syphilis is Ooh. making a comeback across the United States um, after merely being eliminated in the early 2000s thanks to 9-11. Unfortunately, federal officials are saying the trend is having a troublesome effect as syphilis is now one of the leading um, infectious diseases that our uh, babies in America are being born with. Um, which can lead to fatal or other serious complications for infants. Um, in 2022, 3,761 cases of congenital syphilis were reported across the greater United States of America, more than 10 times as many as a decade ago. The CDC, who have just, you know, have been completely distracted by this fake COVID pandemic that we all know was manufactured. Um, they have, you know, just lost sight of the road, let their hands off the wheel. And um, New York and New Jersey are not immune to this trend, despite having lower rates of infant syphilis than the U.S. average. Ron, this is something that we need to address. Untreated syphilis during pregnancy can cause devastating outcomes. Nationwide, about 78 babies out of every 100,000 live births had congenital syphilis in 2021. That's unacceptable. Ron, what have you done to raise congenital syphilis awareness? Um, I, I don't know that I've done as much as I should have. I'm just trying to understand. You made a comment there that uh, syphilis was wiped out by 9-11. And I was wondering if you could perhaps expand upon that comment. Well, I think, I mean, if, if you, you know, if you look at the statistics, syphilis had a, had a very large um, expansion during the 60s and 70s, which coincidentally were the years where the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers, if you would, um, rose and shone above the skyline of lower New York City. Um, then we see a crashing in the rates of syphilis um, leading in the early 2000s, which could or could not be linked to the tragic terrorist attack that took place on September 11th, 2001, when the Twin Towers were um, uh, uh, slammed into by two separate um, passenger airplanes, causing the syphilis rate to um, rock bottom in the early 2000s. As Ali said, I'm asking the questions we're all wondering. Um, all right. Uh, you answer you know, Allie, that I, I'm just going to say this to Ali is just that, you know, if if I'm not making you question, if I'm not making you think, hmm, then really, have I, have I not failed as a broadcaster today? Isn't my goal to sit there and make sure that Ron drinks less of that glass of water and more of his monster malt <laughs> beverage? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, isn't that we're, what we're all here for? This is horrendous, this beverage, by the way. <clears throat> you just drank some water, so I want to see some more of that beverage. How much is that beverage is left? And so I'm, uh, I'm about uh, about almost halfway done. That's the whole uh, can? Yeah. It's only like a 12.6 ounce can. Look at that compliment that Ali just gave me. Isn't Brian nice? makes you question a lot of things. Really, really impressed. Really impressed. Oh, Dominic. Dominic checking out this show. Big Dom asking him how I'm Italian because I use my hands a lot. You're goddamn right I am. One quarter Italian. Ron. Yes. What's your story of the week? So my story of the week, Brian, I know you're a football fan, Brian. So I know you're going to recognize um, this photo that I'm putting up here. Um, this is NFL player linebacker Blake Martinez, <clears throat> who uh, retired back in 2022, back in November of 2022, um, when he was uh, playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. He uh, he apparently uh, was doing it so that he could go into business um, selling Pokemon and sports trading cards. Uh, it was a, a, a company he called Blake's Breaks. Um, unfortunately, in July of this year, um, he was embroiled in a scandal when users on Reddit and YouTube began claiming Blake's breaks of wrongdoings. Um, he uh, he had documents that brought that said brought in more than eight point three million dollars in revenue. One rare Pokemon card, Brian, reportedly went for hold on to your seats six hundred and seventy two thousand um, dollars. He, he would sell these cards on Whatnot, which is an online social marketplace that allows users to sell products to each other. Uh, but somehow, after an investigation in August, he was permanently removed from the site and accused of scamming buyers. So that meant that he needed to find work again. And this week, uh, he was signed to the practice team of the Carolina Panthers. So he is back at the grind um, in the NFL. But it's just interesting. Uh, you you quit the NFL, a, a charmed life. You quit. You make the NFL, which sure. a fraction of athletes make it to that level, exactly. and then you decide to retire, um, and and manage to make eight million dollars selling Pokemon cards, which again I think is rarefied air. Um, and but you're going to scam people and then have to go back to playing in the NFL again. Do you remember during the pandemic the videos that were on social media? of the, and I don't want to generalize here, but I'm going to, mostly white males in their 30s um, who did not look to be in relationships with females, um, standing outside um, uh, stores so that they could um, buy out whatever um, inventory was uh, being put out for um, uh, baseball or football trading cards, a Pokemon being one of them. Like I remember seeing just like watching grown men um, fight each other over boxes of trading cards. Um, I don't remember that. All I remember from the pandemic is uh, forklifts uh, taking bodies and putting them in refrigerated containers on the streets of New York. You know what I remember most from the pandemic? And this is where I, I, I feel like I hit my emotional bottom was one time I was um, uh, I had picked up a glass and there was a beverage in there, but it had it had become room temperature. And I sat there and I said, oh, I would love an ice cube. And um, I went to go. Gotta stop. All right, Brian, you said it. It's time for NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Brian, I know you're going to try and shut me down, but I want to say right off the bat, congratulations to you, sir. Um, you saw that Atlanta uh, was uh, was giving a point and a half to the Arizona Cardinals. You know what? You said Kyler Murray is back at QB. I'm taking Arizona plus one and a half. They win the game outright, 25 to 23. And then you looked at those New Orleans Saints uh, getting two and a half, uh, excuse me, giving two and a half, to the Vikings, you said, you know what? The Vikes may not have Big Daddy Kirk Cousins anymore, but I still have faith in them. Give me the Vikings. Again, they win as well, 27 to 19, making you a perfect 20 and 0 on the season at this point. 
How in God's name are you so perfect, Brian? Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. I don't know what happened to your microphone. What? <laughs> there we go. Brian, I'll, I'll so set Ron, you up again. How can you Ron, be so Ron, perfect? No, 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 no. I heard you. I heard you, Ron. Ron, this, this, this week was a struggle. You know, previous weeks, yep, drink it down, drink it down. Take another sip. Come on, take another sip. Take another sip, you monster bitch. Um, what I'm just going to say is that this week was a struggle. I mean, I looked at so many different games, um, the Jets versus the Raiders. I looked at all the other games and I sat there and said to myself, you know, I started sweating because I didn't think I had it in me. I just did not. Um, however, you, you know, spicy I, food? I just scraped by, just scraped by, you know, really. The passive aggressive digs are really becoming too much. You know me. I love my spicy food. Um, however, I'm going to say this to you, Ron. If what I am struggling with is the standard, you are literally breezing by, making it look like you can do this in your sleep. You also, my friend, went 2-0. Ravens laying five and a half over the Browns. Who a, a team that people are talking about Super Bowl contenders, the Baltimore Ravens, you sat there and said, what am I seeing that the rest of the world doesn't? Give me the Browns. Browns win the whole game, 33-31. Then Cowboys laying 10 over the Giants. You sat there and said, is this a different Cowboy team that the Vegas is looking at? Because I think this Cowboy team is going to win by more than 30 and they did. Cowboys 49-17. Also, a 20-0 start week 10 in the books right now. Ron, how do you do it? You know, I it's you you sometimes you go with your head, sometimes you go with your gut. The key is knowing which one to follow at what time, Brian. And you know this. And 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 which are you following the little head or the big head? It depends. Again, it really depends. Well, more importantly now, which are you listening to as we enter week 11 of this exciting NFL season? Who do you have for your week 11 locks of the week? I'm going with my gut next weekend, Brian. I like Houston minus four and a half versus Arizona. And I love Detroit minus eight versus the Chicago Bears. Brian, who do you got? I've got um, the the Ravens um, laying three over the Bengals on Thursday night. The Ravens cannot be beat on a Thursday. Ray Lewis is not going to take this one laying down. You know, when you see Ray in the backfield on defense, you know that that quarterback is going to be shaking the uh, Bengals quarterback, Brian. I believe. Brian, um, Joe I, I think I think Ray I think Ray Lewis is retired. You don't say. Still go with the Ravens, minus three. Also, Giants look terrible today. They're going to continue to be terrible. Commanders, minus eight. You can make that line 28, and I still take Washington over the Giants. Who would have thunk that the Giants would be uh, the worst team playing in the Meadowlands this year? I would say that the – well, hold on. Don't say that just yet because the – as we're recording this on a Sunday night, the New Jersey Jets are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. And we know how terrible the Jets are. They don't stand a chance. There's always a chance, Brian. There's always, always a, a chance. chance. As long as the, as long as the clock is ticking, as you like to say, Ron, may I ask you a question? Uh, of course. What are you watching? Oh, so this week, Brian. Um, I watched, it's a, a new docu-series on Netflix. Uh, it's called Escaping Twin Flames. So if you are not familiar with Twin Flames, um, it is apparently, well, it's supposed to be a, uh, uh, like almost like a dating service, like trying to find your soulmate, like not quite a Christian mingle, but almost. Um, and unfortunately, as so often happens, um, in this situation, um, it may actually be a cult. Um, and so that's what this uh, this three uh, episode docu series goes into. Um, it is uh, it is led by Jeff and Shalea Divine. Uh, I think I have a photo of them here from the uh, from the documentary. And it's it's a combination of uh, multi-level marketing and a cult, it would seem like 
people have to become coaches and they coach other members. But to be a coach, you have to spend like thousands of dollars on classes um, and you have to recruit people. Um, you separate yourselves from the family. But like probably the most disturbing thing was they they have this concept called being a you can be divine masculine or divine feminine and you don't necessarily it that's not tied to your gender it's tied to your your soul almost and so these let me guys take a guess trying, let me take a yeah. guess the gentleman here in the photo right he's more in touch with his divine feminine not he's divine anything wrong with that he is divine masculine. But what they were doing this guy, is they were- Hold up, hold yes. up, Ron, 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 <laughs> Ron. You're telling yeah. me this guy here with the um, pseudo deep V is tied into his divine masculine. Yes. But this is the disturbing part, Brian, is they started pairing up couples and saying, you know, you could only be a twin flame with someone within the organization. So they had more women than men. So what they started to do was to tell women that they were actually divine masculine and putting them into same sex relationships and then convincing others that they should be transgender. Like there was a, there's this one woman who went through like top surgery and has become a man because these this couple said, oh, God said you're a divine masculine. Like it whoa, is whoa, 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 time absolutely out, time crazy. Out, time out. This is batshit. So it starts off as a dating site that 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 morphs into a cult, where these people are convincing people to become uh, uh, to go into um, uh, uh, gay relationships, and then literally to you, you are you need to be transgendered. They, they some people just convert and they 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 they. They change their pronouns. They they say that there are you know men in women's bodies, and some yes even go through uh, gender reassignment surgery. I've Again, got to watch this. It's only three episodes. It is insane. This guy uh, <clears throat> Jeff uh, believes he is the second coming of Christ. So he literally does this montage of his photo and then changing it to pictures of Jesus, saying that he's he's a Christ figure. Absolutely nuts. Batshit. Absolutely nuts. And uh, are these so, two in a relationship together? They are married, yes, husband and wife. And they flaunt this is what drives me crazy. Like they'll do videos flaunting how much money they're making off of their followers. Like, you know, their their big house, their their built-in swimming pool, their their Porsche, you know, all this, you know, she's dressing in Chanel and Louis Vuitton and everything else. Like it's just do they have any ice insane. cube makers that they show uh, they don't. at any point? They actually uh, they hire staff to make to to chop up ice for them. I hate to see that. They, hate to see they that. buy wanna... their own boat to do their foliage tours. It's insane. Um, also, watching, uh, still watching Bodies on Netflix uh, up to episode six. Uh, just a great show. Really, uh, really enjoying it. Uh, very good, very good. What was that, Ron? You want to say what I'm watching? Was, um, hold on, I'm going to ask you in a second. But this was almost my beef of the week. What? Did you see that Apple TV is raising their subscription price again? It's no. going from it's going from six ninety nine a month to nine ninety nine a month. I gotta say, there's they are one of the most solid content providers. I'm gonna say nine ninety nine for Apple TV is still solid. But what? What's on Apple TV that you really like? They do. They have some series that are good, but the breaks in between those good series seems like you might as well just shut it off in between these releases. And I'm going to say that what Apple TV does better than the other services is that they have concentrated content in the sense of this. They're offering you less but the quality of what they're offering you is top tier. You go open Hulu right now, and I challenge oh, yeah. you to find something that is compelling. I challenge you to go onto Amazon Video and find something that you would sit there and say, I'm going into work tomorrow and telling everybody to watch. So, like The thing about Apple TV is that you can click on a show that you normally would not have watched. And then just because it's on Apple TV, sit there and say, you know what, I'm going. To, and next thing you know, you are already um, gripped by like, I'm going to say Silo was not a show um, that normally would have grabbed my interest. 
fucking love the whole season of it. Um, sure. I'm currently watching Lessons in Chemistry with Brie Larson, which tells the story of a um, uh, a woman in the 50s um, who was a chemist. And um, despite facing all of the um, uh, sexual, uh, uh, sexual discrimination in, uh, in the workplace, not so much harassment, but there's a, t- a tinge of that, but um, uh, decides that she is going to bring that chemistry knowledge to television and um, – uh, just a great show. I, uh, they are uh, just watched episode six out of eight. Um, if this show, this show would never be on Hulu. This this type of cafe, it's it's almost like a Mad Men type show. Okay. So you're saying you're going to give me your uh, Apple TV login? Would have done that months ago, buddy. But you're still holding back on your Peacock. You're saying you want my Peacock? I would love to take your Peacock and just put that in my mouth. And just All swirl right. it around. Anything else you're watching? Anything else you're watching, oh, bro? Also on Netflix this past week, um, as Dominic would like to say, my bazan. Um, I watched Sly, the one hour and forty minute documentary that they've got on Sylvester Stallone. Have you watched that yet? I have not. I didn't realize it was out. I was very glad to see that it wasn't a six-part series on Sylvester Stallone because I'm not sure that he warranted it. And after watching the one hour and 40 minutes, I'm not really sure that they needed the extra 40 minutes. This is basically, you know, a story of, you know, his um, life coming up as a struggling actor in New York in the early to mid-70s where after being offered nothing but street thug roles, um, he decides that the only way to write an intelligent role for himself is to start writing screenplays and write the role himself. Um, this leads to him writing the um, uh, screenplay for Rocky. Apparently, he turned down um, $250,000. And this was, I'm going to say, 76. Um, that was a lot of money back then. Um, for a struggling actor, he turned down a quarter million dollars when a studio sat there and said, we'll buy the screenplay, but we do not want you to be in it. Um, we're going to have somebody else play Rocky. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to be Rocky. That's who I wrote it for. Um, paid off, took a gamble. Um, and then he, uh, you know, late leads his career into John Rambo, the um, Rambo series. And then somehow they try to also imply that the Expendables series was his doing. And this was somehow artistically worthy of being um, mentioned. Also, they um, somehow allude to um, uh, his relocation from his California home to the East Coast that they never really address. But they spend, I would say, at least 10 percent of the hour and 40 showing people wrapping up um uh, uh, moving crews wrapping up his personal belongings into moving vans, which they don't address whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so it's like as he's doing a vote, like, yeah, so you know, and then I went over there and I said, hey, you know, there's only one person we can have to play. You know, uh, my wife, it's it's got to be Talia Shire. She's gonna she's gonna do great in the role. While this is happening, you're seeing a Venezuelan man at five foot three inches literally taking wrapping paper and folding it around a bust of um, Rocky's face. Literally, they don't address where he's moving, why he's moving. <laughs> it is the, one of the most bizarre segues that they have. But I would say it, it dominates um, the uh, thing. Um, can't really say my life is any better over having watched it, but I'm glad that I did. All right. And Janelle says uh, she recommends uh, our flag means death, um, she <clears throat> which I believe. That yeah, that's that show. If I remember, that's where a famed uh, Major League Baseball announcer uh, suffers an embarrassing public meltdown live on air after discovering his beloved wife's serial infidelity. Uh, he decides to reclaim his career and love life in a small town a decade later. So that's our flag means death we'll uh we'll definitely have to check that out what, what are you laughing about brian what's so funny that sounds like such an interesting like i'm going to watch that show now our flag means that there's nothing i like 
than a major league baseball announcer who um, hits, you know, rock bottom and turns his career around. You know, the only thing I can hope for is that real baseball announcers like Tim McGraw and Bob Costas are also included in it. I mean, that's the only thing I can hope for. So, Brian, this uh, this past Tuesday was Election Day. Uh, Hopefully you uh, you got out and uh, and placed your votes. Sure. (laughs) Thankfully, uh, being in such a progressive state as is Pennsylvania, I was able to mail in uh, my ballot and not have to worry about uh, going to the polls on Election Day. Um, Are you afraid of polls? Because I Uh, I just I just don't want to I just don't want to take the time. It's a very oh. we have a very small polling location and a lot of people that have to vote there. And I don't like waiting in line, Brian. You know that. Is it true that on election day, Bill Cosby was standing outside of your polling station handing out um, app, warmed apple cider? It's possible I was I was not in town, so I, I was not available for that. Any surprises uh, on election day for you, Brian? Well, I think, you know, we were all looking at the upcoming, you know, everybody was predicting a red wave was going to overtake the country. Inflation had been, you know, just, uh, I don't want to say all time highs, but we were looking at 8% inflation rates, Um, gasoline, uh, $4 plus throughout the country. Everybody was sitting there saying, you know, the one issue that America cared the most about clearly was abortion. And therefore, the Republicans were just sitting there, just patting themselves on the back, going into Tuesday, saying, listen, this is the year that we are going to finally hit a federal 15 week uh, prohibition on abortion. Um, The Mothers Against Liberty or whatever that group was called. um, What are they called? The Mothers Against Freedom, the Mothers Mothers for for Liberty. Sure. Fuck them. Um, They were expecting um, that what they were going to do is instead of going after national um, uh, uh, polling uh, uh, cases, going after state legislatures, they were going to go after local school boards. And that was really where they were going to exert their influence. Um, Just got slaughtered on Tuesday, from what I'm told, um, by the liberal mainstream uh, media uh overall what can i say this seemed to be another rebuke of the republican party going into 2024 um where do you see the republican party standing right now uh it's tough to say i mean you look at i think like you mentioned in ohio uh, a ballot measure preserving abortion rates uh passed uh, in a state that Donald Trump won by eight points back in 2020. Um, in Kentucky, a state that Trump won by 26 points, uh, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir was reelected, beating out Attorney General Daniel Cameron, uh, who was supported by Donald Trump. Um, and then uh, in Pennsylvania here, uh, Dan McCaffrey won an open seat on the PA Supreme Court, positioning himself as a defender of abortion rights. So I, I think, you know, as the... As we get closer to 2020, um, I think if the GOP continues to position itself as with abortion being one of its top uh, 2024, excuse me, uh, with abortion, anti-abortion being its top thing, I think that will be a, be a challenge. Um, but I think the presidential race is going to be a shit show regardless. So, <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Even Janelle's pointing out, you know, um, 2024, Ron, pay attention to the show, please. Yeah. Um, one of the one of our complaints has always been when you kind of just, you know, tap out in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, you you have always been one to be able to read the tea leaves. Um, where do you see the next year in politics? I mean, also, coincidentally, this wasn't, you know, um, we had election day on Tuesday and seemingly obliviously and obnoxiously, the Republican Party held their seventh uh presidential debate. Um, I think they were filming this from lovely Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, You had uh, Ron DeSantis, who apparently wears high heel boots. Um, You had Nikki Haley, who is proudly wearing five inch heels. You had here. Let's see if I can do this. Vivek Ramaswamy. Nice. Was that correct? I mean, as far as I can tell. 
I think I'm pretty on the ball. Check the spelling on that. I think it's Ramaswamy, um, who apparently took a just beating this past week. Um, uh, and and seemingly it was just um, a, 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 a presidential debate where people who are polling in the single digits are all ignoring the fact that the guy who was polling at 55% didn't even bother to waste his time to show up. But what did he show up to? UFC 295 at Madison Square Garden. Well, and he does his, I love how he does his own counter-programming against the GOP debates. I mean, he held uh, he held his own rally uh, at the same time, uh, I think in Florida, somewhere in Florida. Sure, um, doesn't matter. He hates the party that he's actually running as their candidate for. This right. is such a, if you said to anybody 40 years ago, this is where we're going to be in 2024, that, you know, the number one contender on the Republican side would have 91 federal counts of criminal activity against him, including espionage and sedition. Um, and he's he's got a 55 percent favorable rating within one of our leading two parties. I'm going to tell you and, and leading the current president in in seven of the top nine swing states, according to recent polls coming from Reuters and the AP. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to predict this. I mean, this this is what drives me crazy about the GOP is I would <clears throat> I would love a viable alternative to the Democrats. I would love a viable alternative sure. to Joe Biden. Um, and, you know, when when you when you watch the debate, I mean, you you hear some things that Chris Christie says that sound reasonable. You hear yes. some things that Nikki Haley say that sound sure. reasonable. Um, and, and I would probably call them probably the more moderate Republicans out of yes. the, the group there. Um, but they've got no no chance of being elected in the current GOP, because that's not what the GOP wants to represent them. It seems they, they want, they have, they have as much as Democrats have flung themselves to the left, the, the Republican party has flung themselves to the right. And the thing that, the thing that, that um, I've always said that the Democrats were never a party of principle, that they have always just been a, um, you know, let's pander um, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, those who are looking to, um, you know, uh, looking for a handout. Um, I don't know. That's actually true. I just kind of made that up. Um, <laughs> but the Republican Party has, you know, at least through my years of the, you know, the 80s, 90s, aughts, 10s, you know, they were a party where they would stand on the principle. They would stand on moral authority that they were, you know, um, that they were leading, you know, what a, a, a just and righteous existence. And to see the, the, uh, the same party now in 2023 um, looking the other way when you've got George Santos in the House of Representatives casting a vote every time. A, a, a bill comes up, a man who lied his way into Congress is, is it's, a, you know, is, is being charged with basically fleecing, uh, you know, his his campaign supporters for money. Um, you've got Donald Trump, who's been, uh, you know, uh, charged just countless ways um, since leaving office. And the same party that used to stand on, we are the party of God, principles, morality, whatnot, literally saying, oh, we don't care about any of that so much as we just need to make sure that we win and ban abortion. Right. Um, it's mind boggling. I mean, it's, it's the party of states' rights, supposedly. And yet in Ohio, where <clears throat> abortion rights were voted by the majority of the population to stay sure. intact, now Ohio Republicans say, well, we're not going to pay attention to that. So it's not they're, they're not even the party of states' rights. They're the party no. of their own rights and, and the rights that they can take away from other individuals. Of course, which is what, again, the party they've always been. I, I, I think that the, I think the country is is would love a middle of the road option. And sure. I think uh, what was it? The, there's a, a group out there called No Labels, which has gotten some traction this week no, because no, no, no. with Joe Manchin now saying that he's not going to run for re-election, um, that there is a possibility that he could run for president uh, under the No Labels group that is trying to put together a, a bipartisan unity ticket, uh, a Republican and a Democrat on the same ticket. Um, 
Ron. But again, who's going to get excited over Joe Manchin? Nobody will get excited over Joe Manchin. But do you know, I mean, coal country, nobody gives a shit about West Virginia. West by God, Virginia, if you would. But I'm going to tell you, you know what would make this country excited? What's that? Drag queens, because they're the problem, Ron. (laughs) They are the problem, as we always say in one of our more popular segments to take life in 2023. But the drag queens are the problem. We've got three stories this week, Brian. Uh, This first one, not, uh, sorry, not a drag queen. This is actually a former uh, Maryland middle school teacher. Uh, she was arrested and charged with having sex with an eighth grader eight years ago. Uh, this is Melissa Marie Curtis, uh, age 31. She is accused of engaging in sexual acts with a student while she was a teacher at Montgomery Village Middle School uh, beginning in 2015 when she was 22 and the victim was 14. I mean, it's eight year difference. It's not that bad do you think no but she's going with that i'm going to smile for my mug shot so this way everybody (laughs) thinks that i'm innocent and angelic so uh the local police department said they opened their investigation uh last month after an adult male came forward with allegations of abuse uh it allegedly occurred within a school in curtis's vehicle and at several residences in montgomery county between january and may of 2015 Uh, Curtis allegedly provided the teenager with alcohol and marijuana and had sexual intercourse with him more than 20 times. Jesus. Um, Do you think any of this would, do you think anything of of this would have still happened had she not had a gigantic forehead? Um, I mean, you know, that's that's her forehead now. I think we would need to uh, go back and see what her forehead was like uh, back in 2015. Or are you saying she has a receding hairline? It's it happens to the best of us. Happens. Okay. To, that's the only thing you can really say about me is I have a bit of a receding hairline. I mean, I still have full, lush, really? dark hair. A little bit, oh. right? Uh, right here, I there. would give any. Is that where your hairline was at one point? It was. I mean, this this little this little indentation here on this side. It used to be a little bit more closer. So you know, eventually, yeah. eventually it'll go away. What are you going to do? Uh, Brian, I think we should uh, shave our heads one week for the show. <laughs> this is a two for Brian. Uh, two drag. No, I'm sorry. These are actually uh, two Missouri women teaching in the same school district uh, that were arrested for sexual conduct with their students and appeared before the same judge on the same day. Uh, Kelly school district teacher Lindsay Limbaugh of Benton faces two felony counts of sexual conduct with a student. Uh, She was arrested last Tuesday and the next morning pled not guilty. Uh, A bond reduction hearing is scheduled for uh, November 15th. She has been placed on administrative leave. Uh, The school district contacted police after the teacher, quote, made contact with the school superintendent to advise him that in May 2023, she had a sexual relationship with a student. Um, apparently she admitted to a detective that she had sex with a former student twice during a protracted relationship that began in April, 2023 at a little Wayne concert. Must've had some of that syrup. Lean. Let me ask you a question, Ron. Yeah. Um, are these two teachers here that you've got the photo up? Are they accused of having sex with the same student? They are not two different. Okay. Students. Cause I was going to say that that student probably was really excited about being um, sexually assaulted and then followed up by not being really excited about being sexually assaulted. (laughs) I'm thinking that that kid, that kid was like sitting in the classroom with just a raging erection, assuming that the kid was a male. I don't know these facts. Um, Assuming the kid was a male and then just waiting for the door to open just to be like, who's coming in? And then on one occasion, he would be like, Oh, nice. Well, and then on the other happened, occasion, right? he'd be like, no. This is how this happened. So Limbaugh, the one on the left, uh, when she was intoxicated. Rush Limbaugh? Little, is this Rush Limbaugh's little, daughter? It might be. Uh, she, When she was intoxicated at the Little Wayne concert, uh, she reached out to the student via TikTok. They apparently messaged back and forth uh, in early May. Uh, the student... This is romance, Brian. In early May, the student drove her to Benton's car wash, where the two began making out, and the male student fondled her right breast 
until she told him to stop. Uh, on another occasion, uh, he put his hands down the back of her pants while they kissed on a class field trip uh, to an area park. Uh, the victim corroborated this story as well, adding that he and Limbaugh had also excused themselves to a men's bathroom, made out again, and touched each other's genitals. Um, this story, I, I don't want to laugh, but it's ridiculous. At a later date, the student visited Limbaugh's home where he gave her money to buy stickers for his truck, and the two had oral sex. The student, but not Limbaugh, told detectives they had consensual uh, intercourse, at that meeting, after the student graduated, Limbaugh visited the student's house where the two had consensual intercourse again. Uh, crazy. Ron, uh, Ron yes. can, we, can we get back to the stickers for the kid's truck? <laughs> I, I have no more information about that. Uh, on are the right, little Wayne, is, are these little Wayne stickers? Maybe. On the right, that's teacher's aide Kristen Kirker, uh, also charged with two felony counts of sexual conduct with a student after allegedly exchanging illicit photos, then having intercourse with a student in a classroom. <clears throat> so the one on the left is the one that went to the Little Wayne concert and got high? Correct, exactly. Man, this story just, just keeps giving. Um, hold on, I got one more story here. And uh, this is not a teacher, so this has to be. This has it's to be. It's got to be a drag queen. queen. It's got to be a They're drag. They're the problem, queen. Ron. They're the problem. Oh, no, Brian. This uh, this is David Tatum. Uh, he is a or was a child psychiatrist in North Carolina. Uh, he was hit with a forty-year prison sentence uh, for using artificial intelligence to transform. Uh, innocent pictures of children into intense pornography stills. Um, he will also, in addition to that 40-year prison sentence, he will also have to serve 30 years of supervised release for secretly recording multiple teenagers, including several family members and a patient getting undressed. Can I ask a question here? Please. I just please. want to make sure I, I, whether I understood you correctly. He is going to prison for mm -hmm. taking photos of children and converting them into AI porn. He's yes. going to have probation for actually videotaping real live human beings that were minors for sexual gratification. Correct. So, so the worst crime that he did is the artificial intelligence not the so, videotaping underage kids so well what happened was is that sentencing because he was convicted on one count of production of child porn one count of transportation of child porn and one count of possession of child porn so that got him the 40 years and then uh, don't get me wrong this guy should this guy should be castrated and killed for 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 doing what he did i mean anybody that's making um child porn uh, gross, disgusting, you need to be killed. Well, um, so he, uh, but I do notice he has a similar hairline to you. Like he's, he, like he's got the hair over here, but on this side, it's creeping up. He secretly recorded his 15-year-old cousin and other underage family members as they undressed and showered at a family vacation home in Maine. Uh, he recorded a former patient multiple times by directing the camera up her skirt during one of her therapy sessions. Um, oh, fuck had, this guy. She had turned 18 just five, day, five days before the visit, but Tatum wrote she was only 17 in his notes, indicating he understood he was filming uh, child pornography. Oh, fuck him. Oh, gross. Yeah. So, but it's the, but it's the drag queens, Brian, that, the, uh, that you, are the problem. You do notice that the Republicans are not hyping up the drag queens anymore. Oh, not anymore. Because we don't hear about that anymore. No, because we've we've yet to see a drag queen story uh, sexually harassing or, or molesting or anything. But we weekly have anywhere from one to five stories on teachers, priests, uh, psychiatrists, counselors, whatever, uh, just doing the most twisted shit to kids. 
And yet the Republicans are not doing anything to ban the existence of teachers or child psychologists. Or you know what? You know what? The one thing that um, the Republicans are not banning that really bothers me the most. I'm afraid to ask, but tell me. Championship wrestling belts, Ron. (laughs) That's the one thing that really where I feel Republicans are missing out because you've got this people, the belt. The six pounds of gold, the championship belt. I don't want to let people, you know, be concerned, but we are a mere four months away from Super Bowl 97, um, which I believe this year will be in Tempe, Arizona. Tell me if I'm wrong on that. It's in Las Vegas. Exactly. Um, As I said, Las Vegas, Nevada, we are putting up our championship podcasting belt this year. Um, Ron, I have had a great championship. It is not over yet. Um, You know, so much can happen. Um, But most importantly is that I've got the belt. Now, exciting news. As everyone knows, uh, we we wager on the Super Bowl each and every Every year. year. That is who determines uh, who will hold the championship belt in the 51 percent ownership. Uh, We have decided the show prior to Super Bowl Sunday, uh, we will have our first ever Super Bowl wager debate. And we have just obtained uh, the confirmation that we will have a special guest moderator for yes. that debate. We're not going to announce it just yet. We need to no. tease this a little bit. It's not going to be Lester Holt. Uh, it's not nope. going to be uh, Megan Kelly. Uh, nope. Bigger, bigger than that. Uh, we but it have is coming. Demanded, the, we've the demanded impartiality. Sunday. Yes. We've demanded impartiality, Ron. Um, I know you reached out to the lame stream media. Uh, you wanted to sit there and you were just like, hey, who can you send me over from CNN? Is um, Megan Rapinoe available? And I was just like, no, 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 no. I reached out to OAN and said, hey, is Greg Kelly doing anything the Sunday after um, the league championships? It was, you know, um, you know, we 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 each submitted a list of 10 people that we both thought were acceptable. Um, we put that over to the Mothers for Liberty and we said to them, um, do the work for us. Um, but we now have agreed upon our um, championship uh, debate. And I think, you know, it's going to be something that the people are going to, you know, they're going to learn a lot. We are both going to um, answer um, questions as to who will be the better champion going into calendar year 2024. Um, It will be a tumultuous year. And I believe for this podcast, we need somebody who has shown that they can do this without being a divisive. Um, Ron, right now, your shoulders look mighty weak as if you are not (laughs) holding up, you know, not just this podcast, but also the six pounds of gold. Well, you know, I uh, I will uh, I will have to start working out, you know, to be able to carry that belt in a in a way that uh, will represent the podcast appropriately. Oh, my favorite was when you were champion and you used to wear the belt around the house, and you would just like out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, every day around like one fifteen, I would just get this random text of how you had annoyed your wife while wearing the belt around the house. God damn, I miss those days, but I don't miss you being the champion. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. There is a sense of freedom. There is a sense of liberty. Eagles are soaring high, um, just like inflation. Biden economics, the stock market, we're going to be talking about it the week before the Super Bowl, where we have our championship debate. All right. Looking forward to it. Uh, We're also looking forward to After Dark. Uh, which takes place at 9.30 tonight. It is exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers uh, at the bronze level or higher. You can join us live. Uh, If you are not a Patreon subscriber, we would love for you to join us behind the paywall. All you have to do is go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, and it is that easy. You can get some tremendous swag, you know, you get the the access to the After Dark. Just a lot of great uh, specials. We do a, a pajama party at the end of each month 
where our our our, uh, our subscribers can come on the show and be on the show with us. Um, just a lot of great merch, a lot of fun times. Brian, uh, speaking of merch, hold on dark? a second. Hold on a second. You know, friend of the show, Christopher Saletti is asking where he can get this Ron and Brian podcast coffee mug. I'm going to tell you something. These are not available for sale. These are printed up by the good folks over at Patreon. I only have one because I'm a subscriber myself. Um, these are limited edition coffee mugs, people. This is not something that is just, um, you know, obtained by anyone. How do you get a coffee mug? You become a patron. Um, I believe at the silver or higher level. I believe so. Yes. But if you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, you can get all that information on top of the information on all things Ron and Brian. Sure. And Another great episode, good. Brian. I think we that wrap this one. up. I think we put a bow on it, and I think we uh, we get ready for After Dark. What do you say to that? I think that's a must. All right. Anything else before we cut on out here, Brian? I'm going to tell you something, Ron. I love you. Um, I love spending this hour with you every Sunday night. Uh, and it's just um, it's one of the high points of my week, and I love the fact that we are joined by um, by, by by friends, family, and strangers and i think it's just something that helps bring the world together i love you too my friend love the show looking forward to 280 next week uh patreon folks we will join you shortly everybody else we will see you next sunday night thank you for joining us on the ron and brian podcast we're live each week on youtube Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.